Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. What a time to be alive, Mr. Edge. What a crazy... Take the words right out of my mouth. What a crazy, crazy time. Um, yep. Rather how crazy it is, folks. First and foremost, the first thing we're going to talk about today's episode. Don't panic. Look, go out and continue to buy livestock for your kids or whoever it may be because they can't take it away forever. I know it's a scary time and they're trying to you know, blow it up as big as they can and it is serious, but we will have livestock shows in the future. It is not going to be an end-all, okay? So we're sitting here in March. August is a long ways away, and so is the jackpot season. So is county fair season. So take a deep breath. Continue to buy your livestock because there's a long ways from now until then. Think about what China uh it was a really bad deal for a couple weeks, and right now they are on the uphill swing already, and it was even yep. worse over there than what it is here. So whew, let's take a deep breath, folks. Just keep buying. Everything's online. You can get to do everything from your comfort of your own home and roll forward. Yep, and I would also like to bring to light the incredible positivity. I'm sure those of you that have followed us and our page know what happened in the Southwest and we were very happy and um, blessed to be a part of helping those shows in some form or fashion. Um, But really what's the most important is that those folks did not give up. Yes. The folks pushing OIE as far as they did, did not give up. And trust me, the fight ain't over. And we got a lot of fight left in us. So if if things continue, we will continue as well. Yes, there will be shows. I promise you. Now, uh, Corey, we got to see the Oklahoma Youth Expo thanks to our friends at Walton Webcasting. Sure did. We watched uh, the goat show, the doe show, on our way to the draft sale, which was a huge success. Yes. And uh, a very good time there. Yes. And thanks to the good folks at Walton, we were entertained on our way to Illinois. Yes. Uh, you know, like you said, big show that continued to push forward like the rest of us will. Uh, Walton webcasting is everywhere, folks. And rather you like it or not, they're going to let you see every single event that there possibly can be a part of. So Walton webcasting is the best way to see livestock like you've never seen it before. And when you're quarantined at home for the next couple of weeks, what a better time than now to jump on waltonwebcasting.com and subscribe to the archives and rewatch all the shows. Okay, if your uh, show just got canceled, how about we relive the moments of years past by mm. going to the archives and watching those at Walton Webcasting? Yep, it's cheap four nine nine a month, folks. Let's get it. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's talk about the draft because it was a fun sale. Yes, um, great consignments. Uh, awesome, awesome people. And the coolest part about all that is in the wake of what is happening in the world, that was another one that just pushed on forward. Yep. Kept it moving. They had a great turnout. Um, 
what a deal. It was at the Seneca FFA Land Lab, which I thought was pretty impressive setup they had there. Nice, it was very nice, nice little building for an yeah for an FFA uh, program in Illinois to have something like that. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, great Could people too. We uh, Kelly Hoffman auctioneer got them things sold. Yeah, we had fun. Uh, we were ringmen. I had a I want this is probably a cuss word now, but I had a sore throat afterwards. <sighs> I know because we were really really getting into our bid calling. And you and I had a little bit of a bid off on uh, on a lot. Yes, a lot of fun. Uh, did the preview. Preview was great. Um, really nice sale there in uh, Seneca FFA. Again, shout out to those guys. Really nice job. Max Look and the rest of uh, his crew got her done in a very timely manner and uh, just had a good time. Now, speaking of pig sales, holy smokes. Um, we were just talking with our, uh, good friend Garrett Sproul, who you will hear from here in a minute. And he said that on March 26th, there is now a page and a half worth of sales on that day alone on yep. showpig.com. It's going to be big. Everybody's having to move their, their sales, uh, to an online format, which obviously if you're in the show pig world, where else are you going to go besides the showpig.com site? to sell or buy those livestock. Yes, I'm telling you, uh, necessary plug here. I've been working very diligently with, with some LVS customers of mine that are consigning to a sale today. So go on showpig.com and check that sale out along with all the others. Very, very happy with uh, the purebreds that are on there. Some Hampshires that will be shown as crosses that will beat some crosses. There's some nice crossbreds in there that are F1s, hashtag F1 power. And uh, very, very happy with uh, the LVS consignment sale happening today. Folks, they're everywhere. Showpig.com is the way to do it. Uh, There is some excellent deals that they have. Their spring special going on right now. The Breeder Directory link, $225 for a full year. That's 12 months worth to get you on the list that everybody watches. Yep. And that's the way you got to do it. Showpig.com, folks. If you have any questions at all, especially in a time of craziness, they will get you in the right spot to get these pigs sold. Luckily, this is a thing where we can do it, picture them, post them, and get these livestock sold because we can't do them live for a couple weeks. And everything's happening on Showpig.com. That's where you need to go to buy your livestock. Well, Showpig's That's right. Well, correct. Um, Trevor, another place to go buy Showpig's... A crew that we have just recently talked to. Yes. And we have learned that things are going to go as is for right now. Yes. Five-star spectacular pig sale. As of now, happening on April 3rd, the Interstate Center, Bloomington, Illinois. At 4 p.m., they'll have a live preview on Facebook. 7 p.m., the auction's on. Those really are central central time that those that, that that's right central time now this may change i don't care where this sale is going to happen if it's online or if it's in person holy good livestock listen to these consigners fru yorkshires trogden show pigs goods and family gratter kolb genetics AW, smith farms ryan show pigs moiner show pigs tenius livestock center prairie genetics come on holy moly Yes, those firms have done some winning in the past. Five star, spectacular, March or excuse me, April third of twenty twenty. Regardless of where it is, like Trevor said, good set, 
good set of consigners. Uh, looks like it's going to be an exciting set of picks. So make sure to get in contact with those guys. Uh, get a hold of uh, any of those ringmen there uh, that are listed on there. You can go on their Facebook page and check that out. Five Star Spectacular Show Pig Sale. Man, um, that's another good one. They're everywhere. Another, I, good, another good one. Dude. Don't miss out on this opportunity. I'm telling you, keep buying your livestock. There will be shows everywhere. So speaking of good livestock, man, we got to talk to our friend of the show and good friend long before the show, Garrett Sproul is our guest today. And yes. I was there several hours after we talked, uh, got to drive over there in Yurchville, which is about an hour and a half east of me, southeast-ish. And big look. Oh my gosh. He's got a pile of them. Excellent. Excellent set of crosses is what I looked at. He just had a sale, uh, two nights ago on showpig.com of his purebreds. Holy buckets. They look good. They were, some of them are still in the barn there. I've got a lot of thinking to do, uh, cause he has some really, really good ones. And just to chat with him about, uh, some of the things happening in the industry. Uh, he's always been a good friend of mine and the one that I can go to, to pick his brain about certain things. Very, very good when it comes to nutrition, uh, per his real job, I, I like to say. So, uh, Garrett Sproul is, climbing the ladder fast and there's people who are taking note of that rather you're buying boars or buying 4-H projects he's definitely one that is going to be a force worth reckoning in the near future yeah um real pumped up about today's show it's uh it's a good one we cover a lot of bases and uh it's just nice to sit down and chat with a good buddy that's right I don't know if he needs some kind of fancy introduction because uh, this conversation is awful fancy itself. I love everything that we had to say about GNS swine. Well, let's not keep him from it. Welcome to the show, Mr. Garrett Sproul. Well, Corey Edge, I'm in another kitchen in Ohio with another great friend that we should have had on a long time ago, but better late than ever, I guess. We're here with Garrett Sproul of GNS Swine, and amidst the craziness, we had some extra time now to discuss what the heck's going on in the world of GNS Swine. So, Garrett, I know it's absolutely crazy, but thanks for taking a little bit of time out to tell us about yourself and uh, what you do. So, let's start with that. Yeah, so uh, my name's Garrett Sproul. Uh, we're from Eurexville, Ohio, uh, which most people probably never heard of. It's in Harrison County in, in eastern Ohio, uh, just a little northeast of Columbus, actually. Uh, born and raised here, kind of the farm actually sits uh, on the same land where my mom grew up uh, with my grandparents. So um, that's kind of where we're from. Uh, for a living, uh, we do. I actually graduated from Ohio State uh, with Trevor and uh, Jordan and some of the other guys you've already had on here. And at bachelor's in animal science, I work for Heritage Cooperative currently as a nutritional consultant on swine, beef, show feed, goat, lamb. Being in eastern Ohio, primarily southeast Ohio, western West Virginia, western Pennsylvania, naturally about 95% of what I cover on the nutrition side is actually commercial beef cattle. Uh, so a little bit different spin from the show side, but uh, and that's anything from brood cows to feedlots to stalker backgrounders and realistically everything in between guys from... 10 cows so we've got some farms that are running 3,000 brood cows and the background and 10 to 15,000 calves a year so kind of all scales on that end and then 
at home we've got uh, Gina Swine, which is uh, there's actually right around 50 sows sitting out there right now. Um, just kind of basically farrowing almost year round anymore and trying to sell some of those things and get them into good homes. Yeah. Um, and I want to touch more about that. So Corey and I, um, are, you're a good friend of the show and we're a good friend of GNS because I've always, this is one of my stops every year and, uh, it's kind of in the middle of a valley in the middle of nowhere, but it's worth the drive. Uh, because you turn around a corner, which on my way here, Corey, I about smacked a big old Turkey Tom right in the middle of the road. So it's kind of the environment we're living in. Uh, every time I'm here, there's a herd of does out in the field. So excellent scenery and even better pigs. So, uh, uh, Corey, I'm going to take this one because I'm dying to to hear a little bit more about GNS swine. So give us a little history. Are you both the G and the S? And how did this whole project get started? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny you mentioned the turkeys as a side note, because I'm sure before we're done, uh, there's been a group of 30 of them that come across the road <laughs> into this backfield every day for the past about two weeks. So uh, we might be able to- <laughs> might be able, we might be able to get a Snapchat of that on the Stock Talk Snapchat story before it's said and done. Uh, but no, uh, back into the question. Um, yeah, so that that is a popular one on the GNS thing in the name. Uh, most people, I guess I never really thought of it that way. Most people always thought it, it just stood for Garrett Sproul yeah. Swine. Um, Garrett and Sproul. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett and Sproul Swine, uh, which is, is a very... Lame. Very conceited, uh, I guess, in my opinion, and I never really thought of it that way. Um, and I never knew it was a true question until uh, we started going to a few more consignment sales we got asked into, and I had had the GNS Swine banner made with our names at the bottom. And uh, the the first name on the banner was, was Thomas Gezi, and everyone was asking, like, you know, who is this? What is this guy? Blah, 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 blah. So the, the GNS is actually Gezi and Sproul. Uh, Gezi would be my, my grandfather, which is Tom Gezi. So my, my mother's parents uh-huh. um, are kind of the ones that helped me start it, and that'll kind of go right into it. So the GNS actually stands for Gezi and Sproul, not Garrett Sproul, Gezi and Sproul, <laughs> which I guess does make sense. It was just one of those things uh, never really thought of until it got brought up to me. But uh, no, on, on as far as how we started... Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. I think uh, Trevor's probably heard parts of it before. Um, so uh, essentially, uh, I do kind of laugh about it now. Uh, come time for, uh, I kind of had an interest. We had Lakeland Elementary School when I was in, I, w- I was young for my age. So I was eight years old when I was in third grade, essentially. And we had, I believe it was the county extension agent came in and met with the elementary kids and has a presentation about 4-H and I thought that was just like a really cool thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, and the, you know, since I was in third grade and you were eight, you were allowed to be in it. Uh, my parents didn't really know that because they thought you still had to be nine. So right. I actually didn't show that year. Uh, I waited until I was nine because my mom thought it was that. So I kind of got started late and I knew I wanted to do 4-H and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, so my mom actually always took market hogs growing up. Uh, I think she had the champion in our county fair with a 210 pound Duroc in like nice. 84. There's a picture <laughs> of it somewhere. Uh, but she told me, she was like, why don't you take a couple pigs? I always loved them. You know, I think, uh, it'd be a fun project to try. Uh, so he's like, all right. Um, so there was a, a family that lived about 15 minutes from here. Um, their last name were Hoop. Uh, it was Alicia Hoop. Okay. Um, who a lot of people might now know as Alicia Isler. That's uh. actually, it's actually Nathan Isler's wife now. Okay. Um, she grew up about 15 to 20 minutes from here. Uh, so I went out there. Her younger sister was still in 4-H in our same county. Uh, bought two kind of blue-eyed, uh, white-bodied hogs, $75 a piece. Uh, my nice. par- my parents told me that they would buy one. I had to pay for one. And 
they would pay for the feed for them, but I had to pay them back when I sold that pig at fair. Um, and that was kind of the start and the end of my parents funding anything that's ever <laughs> happened on this, which is not a sob story. That's just kind of a lot of people think we had this influx of money and just did it. No, that was truthfully it kind of started there. Um, so my 10, nine, 10 year old self got the bright idea. I wanted to raise pigs. Backstory a little bit. Grandpa was in the Navy, uh, came home from the Navy, drove truck at Sugar Creek Cartage, always had, uh, you know, typical farm back in the day. He had uh, like semi Angus brood cows. He had chicken coop. He had, you know, uh, eight, ten sows. Like, old commercial. McDonald's farm. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it kind of was. Uh, so essentially, uh, everybody moved away, went to college, my mom and her brother. Grandma was driving truck or grandpa was driving truck. Grandma turned into kind of a one woman farm. Needless to say, she didn't want to be a one-woman farm. Uh, I always kind of joke that, that that Grandpa must have loved her more than the animals, because the animals left, Grandma stayed. So he was itching <laughs> to get something back on the farm. So when I presented, came up to him with this idea, uh, he told me, he's like, hey, you know, if you do the daily care, morning and evening, pens always have to be clean. You're in charge of all the work. You're in charge of all the babies. I'll go get you a sow. I'll pay for the sow feed for the sow. And then, you know, when you sell the pigs, we have to cover those costs and split from there. Right. Um, so that is essentially how GNS Swine started in a roundabout way. Uh, we bought a, it was a Landrace Yorkshire bred sow cross. I was going to say, bread. what was the first, the first one? Yep. Uh, her name was Pepper. Don't know. Don't ask me why. I thought Pepper was a good name for a Landrace Yorkshire cross. Uh, she was bred when we bought her to a Duroc boar, actually. Oh, all kinds of crosses. Yeah, yeah. So had my first litter of pigs when I was 11. Um, took two of them to our county fair. Their names were actually Spot and Bully. One of them was solid white with floppy ears. The other one was a red belt with erect ears. Nice. Uh, one of them got dead last in class. The other one got 12th out of 13th. Oh, so we're not last and last. At least you got hey, one. Hey, I beat someone. Uh, I did beat someone. Um, so, uh, you know, from there, that that is kind of, I mean, that's truthfully how it started from there. You know, we kind of had a Duroc board, kept guilts out of that cell, which was the fun thing to do at that time. You know, looking back, well, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and then I actually, Dad and I went to Lean Values AI school when yeah. I was right around 14. Had my first litter of AI pigs when I was 15. Won a class at my county fair. At, uh, that pig weighed 238 pounds. Nice. I still remember it. I was going to say, gosh, names. Poundage. 238 pounds. Her name was Hershey. Um, and I, I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. You know, I won a class at my <laughs> county fair. I, I beat eight other ones who probably weren't very good either. <laughs> I just thought that was really neat, and and so at that point in time, I mean, God, we still only had, oh, shoot, three, four sows max. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, a very, very small. So it, it kind of, it, I think when I went to college, we had like eight, and then graduated college, shoot, we still only had probably 15 to 20, and now it's kind of exploded. So What is exploded? What do you have now? You said 50-ish? There's like, yeah, uh, we've we've got right at 50 now. Yorkshire's crosses mainly uh, primarily crosses uh kind of got into the Yorkshire thing like two to three years ago uh I do like the Yorks uh but I kind of want to keep three to five York sows and just yeah. upper level elite ones and then uh we do keep a Berkshire or two around that's to keep uh Graydon which is my younger brother that's kind of Graydon's project that keeps him happy so yeah All right, so we're going to test out my radio voice. Uh-oh. 
From the farm to the freeway, Fleece Performance has you covered. From turbochargers, fuel system, electronics, and problem solver parts, Fleece Performance has everything you need to make your Cummins, Power Stroke, or Duramax-powered truck more reliable and efficient. For more information, head over... Ah, frick. I almost had it. I almost had it. (laughs) But for more information, head on over to fleeceperformance.com and use code STOCK10, S-T-O-C-K-1-0, for 10% off. Thanks. Don't have a career in radio. Tried though. Corey, I'll let you speak a little I bit. Think- we got on the roll here. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> the Landrace Yorkshire Cross thing bred to a Duroc boar as a first litter compared to where you guys stand today. Like that's one of the coolest transition stories you could probably tell somebody. <laughs> like, cause yeah. you sent me a Snapchat, Garrett, the other day of a little blue pig that was like legs bigger than two of my thumbs put together. And I'll tell you this, I have big hands. So that just tells you where that pig was. So, okay. Going on that route from where you guys were, how you got started to where you're at now. This is not in our outline, but I do want to talk about it a little bit just so our people can understand how crazy times we live in now. So there's, Essentially going to be no live sales the remainder of the spring if things continue like they have been. And so you guys have had to do, you know, like 100 to 120. I think you said you posted on Facebook of, of hogs you got to picture and, and get moved and sold. So what kind of pressure does that put on you as a breeder? Um, and then to our audience out there that may be looking to buy some hogs from you, what can you kind of tell them to ease their frustrations and worries and maybe take a little pressure off you too? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, so I guess the first part of that, as far as kind of the pressure it puts on us, I, I mean, essentially, it's kind of a whole different ball game. Um, you know, our, our annual live sales kind of grown into like our premier event of the year. Um, there's like a social, there's a preview. Uh, we actually do, you know, award presentation banners to Kim's last year, just a really, really big fun day. Uh, and, and on that end, uh, you know, it was kind of uh, from our end, it was, you know, everything leaves and goes to the fairgrounds sold. Our barn is empty. We can move in the next set, blah, blah, blah. Uh, moving to the online deal. We obviously not only need to picture uh, everything in the entire set, we need to get really good pictures of everything in the entire set. Uh, instead of that face-to-face communication, explaining litters, you know, obviously we'll upload all those descriptions, etc. Get some videos working on those too, and and the big thing too. I mean, for customers at home, uh, not only ours or other ones, I, I I'm gonna, I mean, sit down and hopefully call all three, four hundred people that have bought from us in the past, and and just communicate with them that it is essentially. I mean, it is the same exact thing. It's the same set of pigs. Uh, the the set of pigs is deeper than it's ever been. Yeah, the only thing that's really same people, same pigs, same support. It's just a different buying format, mm-hmm. and to kind of help mm-hmm. them through that, because uh, you know, uh, still a lot of areas have people that don't like to buy online or hesitate to pay online, etc. Just to talk them through a lot of those things, and uh, I don't know, almost talk some people down off the cliff a little bit. Uh, Trevor and I kind of talked about this <laughs> whole deal. You know, Ch- China broke way worse than us, and th- they are, are back to almost normal as of now after about two months. And so, if we go through that same time frame, I mean, we're still looking at probably May ish and, and be back. So, you know, who knows what right. may change, but uh, I, we're, we're pretty confident in, in what we're doing. And, and hopefully people kind of see that and understand that breeders like, you know, personally us, we didn't necessarily, we didn't ever plan to take ours online, but it, it is the, the smart, safe decision for everyone involved and realistically, potentially the only realistic decision we could make on that end. So. 
Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. You I look mean, at all the you look at all the other th- events that have happened, like these shows that have been canceled, and what's been done to kind of, you know, the alternative show and um, the Keep It Weird jackpot that they did down in Texas to kind of make up for those shows being canceled. Like, it's it's not the end of the world, and and I think if we continue to manage things right and people don't freak out, uh, the livestock will still be there. Uh, people are still going to buy them. We're still going to have shows. It's going to be okay. So but, when is uh, when looking... is when is the online sale that you're switching to? Yep, uh, we switched. So the live sale was supposed to be March 28th. Um, the live sale or live sale was supposed to be March 28th. Well, the online sale is going to be Thursday, March 26th. Um, okay. So we just moved it up two days to try. And I, I personally don't think anyone wants to sit in front of a computer all night on a Saturday <laughs> evening. Personally, I, I don't. Um, even well, if the bars are closed, so yeah, I guess that, just that's true. Just pack your <laughs> fridge. And- <laughs> it could have worked, but we're we're going to run it on Thursday, and uh, uh, so next Thursday we're nine days out, and we're gonna. I mean, the barn's open. People want to come look at them now. Let's go for it. I mean, none of that's changed. You can come look at them, and we're just gonna kind of. I think I'm gonna do basically pick up Friday and Saturday. Kind of set Saturday as a pickup day, and maybe even like a customer social type deal to kind of have a little more interaction there, but. Yeah, because the side note of the whole going online is trying to get those things out of the barn for us because we've got like 90 February sitting in there on the nursery. Yeah. That that sale is three only three, about 20 days after this sale. Uh, so we've got to get those suckers on Roll chips. them in, roll them out. <laughs> so the ones yeah. that's, that are going to be selling on the 26th are mainly your January crosses, right? Yep, uh, solely crossbred. So anywhere from late December to late January crosses out of, uh, I mean, essentially uh, uh, kind of a lot of our top end females. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be digging through them here in a couple of hours. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so, um, well, and that, that's the 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 biggest deal that we're dealing with is that exactly that transportation, getting stuff moved because we got sheep that we got to move around to, and getting things in and out is going to be a big challenge. But I think uh, something that as a as a breeder, you just got to manage it. And I know a lot of a lot of other guys that are out there in the same similar situation. We understand your pain. Don't freak out. It's all That's it's all right. gonna be all right. Just keep rolling. Yeah. Also, are you gonna get any sleep in the next nine days? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to go with very limited cause we just ran an online sale last night. Actually, uh, the purebred sold last night. And, uh, so kind of this morning, everybody's trying to organize pickup on those. And, and I threw the Facebook post on this morning about switching our live sale. And, uh, I think we've been contacted by 50, 60 plus families on text messages and phone calls about trying to set up viewings or questions, et cetera. Um, and you know, and then along with all this, we still have all those febs and marches. We were great and I and Cole were vaccinating this morning and you kind of forget about all of those. And, yeah. and, you know, we've still got a huge group of sows on matrix that are, that, that need to get bred, uh, actually next week. Uh, <laughs> <God>. so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, all that fun stuff, but, Wild I, times. you know, it's just kind of the point. Uh, those are the cards we dealt. I like playing cards. We're going to play them, uh, as competitively as we can. And, uh, and I mean, just help service and answer anything we can and go from there. Cause that's all we can do. So. Speaking of playing cards, how about this for a segue, Corey? Um, you've had a heck of a lot of boars that you put in stud. So this is going to be a like a 10-part question. Calling card is where I was going with this. That's a boar you raised that you sent to Premium Blend. Not only that one, you've sent many others. So to kind of loop all this together, going back to the GNS thing, we may have started showing Landris Yorkshire bred to Duroc crosses, but today you have put many boars in stud. So... Walk us through how you started from there 
to put your boars in stud that you've raised and what turning points through that time in history really got you to where you are today and would you change anything at all? Yep. Um, so I, I think the easiest question there to answer is would I change anything at all? Um, no, not really. Um, I'm kind of a firm believer and you, you learn from your past and you learn from your mistakes and your successes. And, and, and I, I think where we came from to where we are is just such a freaking cool story. Yeah. Um, it, it's a cool story and I'm really proud of it, to be honest. I mean, that's, uh, uh, the even more fun note about the first litter is it was in the old bank barn in an old steer pen with an old crate that we hung about eight tarps around nice. with heat lamps to try and keep those things warm. Um, so it, it's just like that, that's, that's our background. That's where we came from. And I, I wouldn't change any of that. You know, we've made, we've made plenty of mistakes. Everybody has, but we've learned from them. Um, yeah. so no, no on that end, uh, the whole born evolution thing. Uh, I got to the point when I was like, uh, well, uh, actually when I was 18, uh, I wanted, I saw an advertisement, Trevor, you'll like this, uh, for, there was something called, I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know these were a thing. Uh, there was something in Washington Courthouse, Ohio, called the Real McCoy Genetics Double Down mm. Jackpot Show. And I, I was clueless. I was an 18, 17, 18-year-old 18 senior in high school. I was absolutely clueless as to what that was. I didn't know what a jackpot show was. <laughs> um, so me and my younger brother, Grant, uh, Grant rode with me um, in our Corn Pro, uh, took this cross guilt there that I thought was really nice. And uh, we actually hung trash bags in the holes of the corn pro because it poured oh, nice. it poured down rain that night and we actually <laughs> slept in cots in the corn pro um and i learned really really quick that one my showmanship abilities were zero <laughs> i mean i got my butt whooped and, and secondly i learned too like you know it was a really nice cross guilt what i thought was really nice and she did win her class there but i i saw some of those other ones and things that won and i was just like holy buckets yeah <laughs> what are those things i have not seen a hog like that in harrison county before like holy smokes yeah um so that was maybe that eye-opening thing like man we got to get better type of deal um so uh, i kind of concentrated started concentrating on then and then during kind of through ohio state and college is where i kind of buckled down i was like hey you know i think we can do this thing we need to commit to it keep good ones try and find good ones etc um, so I, I guess that's how we evolved without just going on a huge long yeah. rant about it. Well, cool story. Speaking of real McCoy, uh, obviously everybody listens to the show. know that's kind of my background and family. And I worked many, many years and summers there at real McCoy genetics. The reason, uh, Garrett and I met was I was doing chores, cleaning pens, doing whatever at, at McCoy's during a, a break there in college. And you were just, we were both starting at Ohio State that uh, spring or whatever. We were on a little bit of a break. And uh, I saw you pull in, didn't know you then. And Mike said, hey, um, I got somebody you need to meet. He's here in Ohio. He's starting in his pig thing. And he's just a really good dude. I've been talking to him. So that was Garrett Sproul. And so I guess I got McCoy to think for another thing in my life. To uh, It was kind of like, hey, he's going to look through pigs. You guys need to hook up and at least uh, drink a few beers. Better yet, become good friends. So, hey, here you are. Going to be at my wedding in October. And, uh, it's kind of a cool story. So you never know, Corey, uh, right. you walk into yep. a farm and you're going to meet somebody new. Yeah. I think I was actually looking at like a Yorkshire barrow down there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I guess to tie it back all into the boar thing, I know that was kind of the main question and we segued a little bit. Um, the, the boars are, I don't know, we've been really fortunate. Um, we've actually only, oh, winter type in 2018 was the first boar we ever fed for ex exhibition. Um, and it's just been one of those things, uh, 
that one was, I think, the co-high seller to Triple B. That was like wasabi. And then that summer, we sold caged up to Crossroads. Uh, those were the only two boards we'd ever fed. And I think, you know, last summer, we had Calling Card, Tequila, uh, Solo Cup, and Dictator. And it, I, that's just a, a different deal. Um, I know it's kind of on the outline and, and ties right into it. We've just kind of... We're kind of different than everybody else. Uh, we castrate everything at like 7 to 12 days old. Right. Um, I mean, I kind of make that decision early. Like, if, if I think that one's got a chance, it stays. And if not, no. And I'm pretty picky, and I probably cut more than I should yeah. sometimes. Well, you got to embarrass shows, too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the female stories is what intrigues me the most, because obviously you can't make boars without good females. And that's one thing I think you guys really pride yourselves on is – kind of stacking up those genetic lines and finding the right female pieces from um, some of the best in the country. So um, talk to us about a little bit about your sow herd, how you've gone about gathering up some of those high end, high end females that you guys have running around the place now. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, the female thing, um, I, I, I like females. I'm kind of a, a, a guilt guy. Uh, I like to show guilt. I, I like females in general. I just think they're cool. I like, genetics and pedigrees i'm kind of one of those i could probably tell you the pedigree of everything that's ever been here what they were bred to every litter they've had and that sort of thing um the the females as far as kind of acquiring them and some of those upper end ones i i, I guess i've got a couple different strategies in, in that regard uh, we're getting to the point where we're starting to we have enough high-end ones where we're starting to keep more gilts uh, that we've raised and at the same time, as far as buying them and acquiring some of those, um, we've done it kind of multiple ways. Um, so on the genetic side, um, I I look at everybody's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, live sale. I really don't care if I've never heard of you or you're the biggest name in the country. Uh, I will go through every lot on every live sale, read almost every description, etc., um, and I've done that for years, so I've kind of found, I mean, certain programs that I like and sow lines that win or guys have had a lot of success with out of. Uh, you know, if I see some of those uh, upper end young gilts for sale um, that, that I like, you know, we've tried to kind of grab a hold of some of those. Uh, we've done that. We've done some of that. Um, some of the really nice ones we've got now were baby pig purchases. Uh, uh, this winter, for instance, uh, you know, we bought uh, kind of bought a never before gilt from Hildy that tied into some sow lines that, that's moving forward. And we've done that at Kepler's. Uh, we've bought some babies from Heimer and that sort of deal. Um, so follow the sow lines and some of those and trusting guys. As far as bigger gilts at open shows, etc., uh, man, I, I just find the ones that I really like. I really don't care if they win the show or they're second or third or fifth or eighth. Um, I look for one pedigree, two. I mean, obviously, you want phenotype and how I don't want sows with blown hawks. <laughs> not, saying if she's, not saying if she's got a good pedigree, that's the only thing. Uh, so pedigree matters for me. Um, and, and then what they are, if they're something different than what I have or they're unique in ways or ones that I just think can be really good sows. You know, sometimes sometimes the guilt that wins the show in the high seller is going to be the best sow prospect. And then other times... Uh, you know, quite honestly, I see a lot of shows where, yeah, the, some of those females that win the show are really nice show gilts, but I would probably never put them in my sow herd, to be right, honest. Right. Um, and other guys might differ from me on that, and that's fine, and that's what makes it fun. Um, I think a cool cool one, a uh, cool story, and, uh, and it kind of goes with the turning point, too, is uh, Abby, my fiance, and I went to Indiana, would have been three years ago now, three or four years ago, um, four years ago. Uh, Graydon standing back there. He told me four years ago, uh, 
and you know we were, <laughs> we were looking for females there um and i had three of them marked down through the through crossbred classic kind of three of them that i really liked uh and at this point in time my uh buying ability in terms of finances was nowhere near what it is now uh and uh the first one i liked was actually a, it was a gilt her she was uh ear notch 4-3 she was a red sky gilt uh really really liked her i think she sold for 5500 or 6000 out of my price range alton waters actually bought her she ended up being like reflections mom putting several boards in the stud but the next one i liked there was this this big gilt that was like third fourth fifth in class i don't know what she was she was a straight up between the sheets from ryan stolquist Ooh, that uh the uh, Zwiffle family in Wisconsin had. Uh, she was an absolute bear to drive, just terrible. I mean, just did not drive at all. Uh, just didn't get a good drive out of her. She was kind of chunky in terms of flesh. She was just <laughs> a little fat, to be honest. Um, but I, I thought that one um, was just kind of different in terms of height to shoulder, frame size, elevation, look, build. I, I thought that one was really, really neat. Uh, get her bought for, I think, 1900 bucks. Um, a couple buddies of mine actually made fun of me, asking me why on earth I would buy that one, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that female actually ends up, her guilt litter, uh, guilt litter has two, Windsor County Fair, Keeper Guilt, um, those were bred to Deuces and McCoy's. Yep. Her second litter, um, there was this board, Jesse Heimer's, uh, that everybody was raving about called Kiss My Socks, if you've ever heard of him. <laughs> and, uh, bred, bred him, uh, bred her to him. Um, and that litter, so that $1,900 straight up guilt second litter, who's affectionately known as the straight up sow here now, uh, that litter brings in like 47,000 cells, uh, caged up for 24,000 to crossroads has the reserve crossbarrowed MLE reserve points guilt in Ohio circuit wins like five other County fairs. I think there were Jesus. 11 pigs in the litter. We kept two, sold the other nine. One was a born stud and the other eight all hang banners and, and so I'm like, you know, um, good investment, good investment, kind of those ones. <laughs> but then that first litter keeper guilt, that deuces guilt is actually calling cards. Mother, there you go. Calling cards, a curtain call deuces straight up. Um, so, you know, we've kind of hit those where, you know, I got made fun of for buying that one. Um, and, now and, what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's fine. You know, we, we've ran into that. Uh, and, and so we've kind of done it that way. And we bought our, we've bought high dollar ones. We bought the $8,500 high seller in Columbus last year that was second in class. I mean, she didn't win the show. Um, just so we kind of add those, some of those out there pieces. And I, I like them. Good built, good looking. Those are the ones I trend towards. But we've got to the point where we're trying to keep some, uh, if you want to call them creatures or just the different ones right. that, that maybe aren't for everybody. And uh, Graydon had a guilt that was six through wrong Columbus last year. It's actually the mother of those blue babies you talked about, Corey. Okay. Um, that, that one wasn't perfect by any means. She's too wide in her pin set, but that thing's got like big, big legs, cool look. And, and it's just one of those different ones to kind of make something different. And we always try to essentially try and keep a couple different sow lines. Right. I, I don't want to breed myself into a corner because everybody likes a little different type and kind. So like Trevor, if Trevor goes and looks through our set of pigs, we're always going to have four or five different sow lines there bred yeah. differently. Yeah, just to kind of keep. That's why I love. I mean, you go down through there, and it's like, okay, you got to keep them all straight, but they're they're all different, all good. And you, there's somebody, so, there's a pig in that barn for everybody to feed. It's not like they're all big, chunky, and styled, or they're all tall, and narrow, and skinny. They're all good, and they're all different, which is kind of nice. So, uh, speaking of showmen and all these jackpot shows, I think we have an interesting uh, topic from a hat, Corey. Sure do. Topics. From a hat brought to you by 
our very good friends at Fierce Threads. Fierce-threads.com. Order all your apparel and screen printing and embroidery through those folks because we do. Not just because we do, but all the best do. You want to talk about some guys that they have. Wintex, Heimer, Linder. Never heard of them. Yeah, never heard of them. Anyway, anyway, look them up. Don on Facebook sent us a message that uh, we actually replied to, but um, the amount of shows that you judge and showmanships and your brother's uh, pretty good showman himself in the show ring, and this is a question that was brought up to us. So uh, Don and her husband were debating on us as judges, what they mean about appropriate uh, show attire and whether it should be just a nice button-down shirt or does this also apply to girls? So her daughter likes a little bit of bling, but her husband wants it to stay pretty plain with the button-up shirt. So do you guys like a little flash or not was her question. So, Garrett, uh, that's the question for you. Plain button-down shirt or a little bit of bling? Yep. Um, and, and it's a really good question, and you could probably ask several guys uh, this question, and they'll probably give you a couple different answers, honestly. Yeah. Uh, my, my personal opinion, when and if I say appropriate show clothing, uh, I mean, I know this sounds really, really basic and like, oh, you know, well, duh, Garrett, um, but I've seen it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a nice pair of jeans, uh, you know. A lot of people prefer dark. I really, I really don't care for just no light. holes. No holes. I don't want to see your knee. You know, yeah. don't wear tennis shoes with your string sticking out. You know, I, it, for me, it doesn't have to be boots. You can wear twisted X's. If you want to wear hey dudes, that's fine. But wear nice shoes. Right. Do not wear flip flops. Okay. <laughs> Seen it before. Or no jokes. I, my, <laughs> no lie. Was judging a state fair showmanship, and a kid came in in flip flops. Oh. Danger. It, it has happened. I can't believe I have to say it. It has happened. Tuck your shirt in. Um, as far as like the shirt deal with bling and stuff, I, you know, personally, I, I've always said showmanship is about how well you can show your pig and present your pig. I think you hit a certain point in time where what you wear can be distracting yes, to your animal. Totally mm-hmm. agree. Um, you know, and I define that as, you know, if you've got a little bit of those, you know, those little sequins or whatever they call them, you know, around the cuffs or, you know, something simple, a little bit of bling. I don't think there's a guy in the country that's going to mind that. Right. You wear those like super blinged up shirts where, you know, if it's, uh, if the sun hits it right, it sends a reflection as your <laughs> eyes. There's an issue there. Just yeah. have have common sense on that end. You know, I, I mean, I think if if you're wearing an outfit and it draws more attention to you than it does your animal in any species, if you want to wear that in the market show, whatever, that's not a showmanship outfit. And the same thing goes for the big dangling earrings, those yes. great big necklaces that flop around. Yeah. You know, if you've got those things hitting the side of your face or your necklace is bouncing up and down and girls are fixing their necklace and stuff while they're showing, you're not getting those animals drove as well as right. you can because your you're worried focus about your isn't outfit. there. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. A lot of people have opinions on colors or shirts and things like that. I, man, I, I don't know. I, I, if you know, anytime Graydon or Abby or kids, I help do showmanship. I always play it the safe route uh, personally because everyone has their own opinion. Uh, we wear nice shoes. Our shirts are always tucked in. Uh, we wear we wear long sleeve button ups, and we stay neutral on color. We don't wear anything loud or anything like that. We don't wear any watches. Um, you know, I, I personally don't care about watches and that stuff, but we have been beat before because the judge has been like, you shouldn't have a watch in the ring or your shirt's yeah, leave no room or, for judgment. That's where I'm at. I'm like, man, if you're there to compete and win and you have a favorite shirt and it's bright and things like that, 
wear it in your market show. I'd rather play it safe in showmanship. You work you work so hard to do that, and, and most judges won't do that, but I, I don't want to be cut on the one judge that does, right. and you lose because of it. So for me, I'd rather just play it safe than sorry. Yeah, why work opinion. all summer to have a question mark about what you're wearing? How about we let our skills be the shining exactly. object instead of your shirt? Exactly. <laughs> don't. Don't be a great showman that gets beat because of what you're wearing. That's yes, right. Absolutely. Um, good topic. Trevor and I responded to that one on our own. Very similar thoughts. Yes. Pretty much. That's, that's pretty cool. On. I was going to say it's um, almost word for word. Yeah. We got to pause in the action. Mostly because we got to tell you about the third of three online sales that Pudliner Livestock is having. If you have not taken notice, last night they just sold an awesome group. The week before they saw... Sold an awesome group. Well, on the 24th of this month, this crazy month of March, on Willoughby Livestock Sales, Pudliner Livestock will be offering the top end of their kid crop. And this is probably one of your last chances to buy online here from these folks. Well, so one awesome th- sale plus another awesome sale equals the third incredible sale. Yeah. This year has been the deepest set of kids that they have ever produced. And they want to welcome everybody to the farm to check those things out in person. Kids aren't in school. Let's just go look and buy some goats. Uh We need to do this. Give Nick Pudliner a call at 724-549-3548. Or you can take a look at Pudliner Livestock on Facebook for more information. By the way, one of their most recent successes is they had the reserve champion weather at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Not an easy one to win. To, To move on, I think one of the... I kind of want to go back to judging though, judging shows and, and doing that sort of thing. You know, as a young breeder, obviously you do have a little bit of advantage over folks that are coming straight out of college that maybe haven't been doing it for a few years or haven't been in the trenches, that sort of thing. But so as a young breeder and judge, like have you had any negative feedback from older breeders uh, any positive stuff, interesting conversations just because you're labeled as the young kid that's breeding and, and judging shows and, and getting some bigger jackpots and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. Uh, so uh, as far as that end, I mean, from from older breeders, uh, I don't really, to my knowledge, I have never gotten anything negatively wise. I, I think, uh, I mean, from the time I kind of started and asking questions, whether it was judging or breeding or exhibiting, etc. Um, and the, the older generation of guys, and you can define older however you want. Uh, I'm only 25, so we're still pretty young. Uh, uh, but I mean, those guys, whatever, mid-30s through their 70s, 80s have been extremely receptive, uh, very positive. I mean, um, you know, and we've I've, I've gotten constructive criticism before, which I absolutely love on terms you know like mic terms or or pace and things like that from guys that have judged national shows so uh, i would say on the breeder side everything has been extremely positive or to help me or help me get better and i think that's the really cool thing about just the show industry as a whole i think that's across the board uh you know i mean I, i have had a few interesting ones as far as um i've went to judge county fairs before and you know i step into the ring or blah 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 and you hear people in the crowd they're like my favorite uh, the people in powder are like Oh, is that the judge? <laughs> I thought he was going to show. <laughs> and, and or I've had um, a couple of my favorites are guys that have bought stuff from us online or through our sales that have never actually met me in person. Um, I've had this happen multiple times. You know, I meet a guy at a truck stop or somewhere to deliver a pig. 
and I get out. I'm like, hey, how are you doing, man? Blah, blah, blah. Talk to him a little bit. You know, load the pig. He's like, oh, he's like, you know, is Garrett busy at the farm or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, or, you know, I've had guys think that Garrett was my dad and things like that. <laughs> um, nothing, again, nothing negative, just more of a almost taken back type of thing. Uh, so in the, the show industry as a whole, I mean, I think it's been been very receptive i've had the opportunity to judge some bigger ones as a young one and got a lot of positive stuff so i I think very receptive on the commercial industry maybe a little different i know we didn't ask about that uh, (laughs) because like i mentioned earlier you know i uh mainly what i do is on the commercial beef cattle side for work Uh, i I have been asked to not come back to a couple farms uh nothing negative uh just that they prefer to work with an older salesman or older nutritionist with more experience um, but that's, so that's really the only time I've ran into it. But then I do have some older generation farmers that absolutely love a young guy. Cause they're like, Hey, we like to hear things new. So yeah, just, just different takes and I, and I get it all, but as a whole, very positive. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, at some point, I guess age does relate to experience. You know, if the more years you're on earth, the more experiences you have technically, but if you're a guy doing it every day and you're only 25 years old, there's a lot of experience that goes with that. So I am, I, I've right. had a couple of those myself. You walk into the show ring and they're like, oh my gosh, you are, you're <laughs> young enough to be my kid. This is going to be that's what, that's a why I'm disaster. disaster. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, they, they ask you back for the next year or, you yeah. know, like, Hey, can you do it again? Yep. Like, okay, well, I guess age doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> that, that's what I've always told. You know, I've had like people or customers like, hey, are you a pretty good judge? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I've always been asked back everywhere, so I must not be the worst. Yeah, right. <laughs> I must yeah. not be the worst yeah. that I've seen. That's a, see, like, okay, so we've had this conversation with several <laughs> young guys that are like our age, but getting the the conversation of, oh, you're a young kid that's not been doing this long enough, you don't have the, credibility to go and sort a big show or whatever that may be. I think it's interesting because nine times out of a t- out of 10, if you talk to us, like some of the guys that have been doing some of these shows and having some success nine times out of 10, I mean, we're getting asked back to judge shows. We're in the trenches. We're, you know, just because we haven't been doing it for 20 years doesn't mean we're not qualified. Um, so I find the conversation interesting because when I ask, guys like you who have been doing it, they hardly ever say anything bad has happened. It's usually positive. Yep. So absolutely just, just, just my two cents. I mean, I don't think we have anybody listening to the show that doesn't feel that way. Even, even the older generation, but you know, you just see things on social media sometimes that make you scratch your head. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I do think there is a little bit on the experience side of sorting, um, you know, because I've uh, kind of like I said, I've got to do some bigger ones. I think I've judged at like three different state fairs between showmanship or market, and, and done. I did the actually Canada's National Barrel Show, which was kind of a cool deal. Oh, that's way cool. And some counties that have had you know six, seven hundred head that are bigger ones. Uh, but I, I do think as far as the, like those guys that step into the ring and do those majors in Texas, like San Antonio, Houston, or some of those that you're running three, four, five thousand hogs yeah. through, I, I think there is mm-hmm. something to be said on experience in terms of pace, how long per class, yep. how to talk, those type of things. Right. Because, you know, right. you step into, and I think anybody would be lying, you do your first 400 head show compared to a 200 head show. You're like, you know, holy smokes, this is a lot. And then you step in to do a 700 head show and you're like, man, I've been judging for three hours or on class 30. We're yeah. flying and they're like yeah we got 48 more classes to go yeah. and you're like you know so I, I do think there there are points to that in reason because you know i would personally never want to uh, like 
I would never want to go judge the Indiana State Fair or, you know, a Houston if my biggest show was 150 head. Because right. I do see that. Like, I, exactly. I've even heard guys like, hey, exactly. I don't know why I'm not judging the majors right now. I'm like, well, dude, it's because your biggest show was in West Virginia and there were 75 hogs. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the biggest <laughs> advice that I've got was, you know, you haven't made enough mistakes yet. You're just you're just getting started, and everybody makes mistakes. And those who have are experienced doing those big shows, they literally know, like you said, they know that pace. They know what they've seen and and such. So uh, that's that's intriguing. And you're you're right on. So um, well, I know we uh, we have another segment that we probably should get to, Corey. Social smash. Brought to you by Brad Hal Ford, located in Kokomo, Indiana. The great guys at Brad Hal Ford will hook you up to get you into that new ride. Cruise into those shows that we will have. Yes. Or, I mean, there's a big need for getting a lot of livestock transferred across the country right now. So go buy yourself a new truck, grab a trailer, get rolling down the highway. Who knows? Maybe interest rates will drop, and then you need to pull into Brad Hal Ford and just get get your wife a new car, get yourself a new truck, and you're set. And then send us the commission. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so, as you know, uh, uh, I know you listen to the show, but s- social media pet peeves. I, I'm sure you don't have any. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. let's hear if you have any. Uh, I'd love to know. Yeah. I, so, I've thought about this one. I, I've listened to most episodes. I haven't hit every single one of them. So, if someone's hit on these before, just tell me. Um, I could probably go on for a while. And just be <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, Abby and I actually talked about, I knew you guys would ask this last night. And I was like, I need to at least think about this a little bit so we don't uh, don't offend anyone too bad. Um, so I've got two of them uh, that, that I'll hit on. Um, so first one is the, the, the baby pig pictures mm-hmm. when those things are still milking off sows and things yep. like that. Uh, you know, I will, I'll be the first one to admit, I'll send some Snapchats to, to my buddies and friends sometimes of like some baby pigs, you know, everybody knows some couple times baby pigs look really cool. Like Snapchat, like, Hey, this thing's really neat. Or yeah. you guys have both got them. Like, you know, you sometimes you have those things that are like, you know, holy crap, what is wrong with that? Heck? You know, we'll send those out to just have some fun with my friends. Um, but, but personally I, I, I cannot stand when I get on Instagram and Facebook and this is the greatest one I've ever raised. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing's just dripping wet. It's an umbilical cord hasn't been cut, or they're two weeks old, and uh, it's just I'm like, no. There are so many things that go wrong. We have all kept boars intact. We're like, this is the probably the coolest baby pig we've ever had. And you put that thing on chips, and he's the worst pig in the litter. Yeah. Hey, where's that boar you you Snapchatted me? Uh, he didn't make it. <laughs> he didn't make it, or you know, he looks like he hasn't ate a meal in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Or it just like I'm like that, or or the ones that, and then what baffles me is you see those pictures and that those babies are nursing off their mothers, and the first comment, price and location. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like do people do, pe- do, do people seriously buy animals like that? Or can you send me a video? I have seen people ask for videos of things. I'm like, dude, the thing's still eating milk. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not even sure if the colostrum's done being made yet. I don't yeah. know it's on real milk. Hey, yet. I tell you what, I'll buy them now. You keep nursing, <laughs> and then when he's weaned, let me know. Oh my lord! Like, and, uh, and what? Uh, so that blows my mind. And then, but like people that try and sell them, like that, blow my mind. Or you know, those things that are five weeks old, we're taking pictures of. I'm like, no, that is not. No one knows if that guys that have done it long enough might know. Like, hey, that five week old pig has a legit right, chance right. to be way, way good. But nobody that's done it long enough is legitimately ever going to accept money 
or sell one to a kid to do really well yeah. because you can't like it to so me so much I, can go wrong i don't think that's fair to the kid i think it just looks bad on everyone involved personally um so that's one of them uh my other one th- that's probably my biggest pet peeve is false advertisement mm. i hate false advertisement probably more than anything i see on social media um by that i mean if i get on uh if i judge a show i judge a show blah 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 we pick a Grand Reserve Market Hog at this show. Great, congrats to them. Take pictures with the kids. I see a post on Facebook a week later, you know, congratulations to so-and-so at so-and-so show on their third overall Market Hog at so-and-so show. And I'll just, like, look at Graydon or Abby, and they're like, hey, look at this, look at this. And they're like, oh, you picked that? And I'm like, no, no, there was no third overall. They don't name a third overall, yeah. <laughs> and you you see that uh, you know, and they'll advertise it. They'll have it on their Facebook or their website, or they'll try and advertise the sow like, "Oh, mother of third overall at so and so." The unofficial third overall drives me nuts. Yeah, or fourth overall or fifth overall. It, it, I just it, just because you're maybe it, second it, behind it, the reserve. Or ba- something. <laughs> it baffles my mind. You're second behind the reserve, or like you know, I've seen it, shows I've judged, and I'm like, I remember that pig. That pig was like fifth in class. Yeah, like I, I just don't understand it, and I know I say it's not not always the breeder's fault uh, because sometimes you'll have younger families that'll like uh, we've had it before we'll send you a really nice picture that we're like hey you know uh we were fourth overall and i'm like oh you know awesome they had the pigs clean took a really nice picture with our trophy i'm like oh perfect you know great congrats blah 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 and then you talk to somebody that's from that show they're like oh yeah no we only do grand and reserve right like the barrel one he's class is not fourth row so i get that so sometimes it's not the breeder's fault and we've had that happen to us before where it was a miscommunication or things like that. i get it but anytime we do that i'll go in and like i'll you can do this cool thing called edit your facebook post or your yes. website and i'll edit Let's it go and back and I'll change it. It like hey you know congrats on your class winner winning showmanship or change the website right. things like that that's great but guys are like Eh, you know, nobody will ever know. Looks good for advertising. Like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. You're lying. You want to be truthful. <laughs> you're lying. So I just that yeah. that is one of the ones that just just blows my mind. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it just goes back yeah. to the integrity thing. If you got good integrity, you probably shouldn't do it anyway. Yeah, like, and uh, yeah. Well, the judge said I would have been third. Congratulations. Do you have a banner that says you're third or a plaque <laughs> or a trophy? No. If you don't, then you're not third. Yeah. You right. can say you were, but you're not. <laughs> So, uh, uh, we're nearing the end, and uh, we've got just a couple questions left, and I'll leave Corey to leave the last one, since you used to stick me with all the, the tough ones. So, um, I'm, I'm talking about last season, when we did the tough last question. So, yeah, I did. I did. Our second to the last question is, what does the future of GNS look like? Moving forward, are, are you going to start breeding some Landris York Duroc crosses, <laughs> or what's the... <laughs> Go back to the roots. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. Can't say that we'll we'll go back down that route <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, I do think it would be fun to Pharaoh litter emissions, though. Oh yeah, I think that would be cool. Just hey. side project. There you go. Uh, side note. Uh, future. I mean, immediate future. We're sitting on two hundred and fifty baby crosses that we need to get sold. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sh- shameless plug. Catch out. Yeah, okay. Check it out. Um, but no, future wise. Um, kind of immediate plans. I want to keep kind of expanding that market into the Southwest, Oklahoma, Texas, some of those, Mm -hmm. um, really, really want to get some more families down there and kind of get after that deal. Um, we're kind of turning it into, it used to be, we were very, very suddenly, uh, feral many summer litters, you know, kind of last year we had two online sales and we're in three consignment sales in Texas. Uh, keep growing that deal. Um, we've got 
I don't know. We've already got a pile of them bred and a pile to breed in another week or so on that end and kind of see where we go um, in terms of numbers of sows and things like that. I know we're debating on uh, potentially building another barn or two and kind of play it by year. Um, stay committed to the show pig thing. Graydon's got got this cry, crazy idea. He wants to keep a few boars around and, and oh, collect and sell some semen on. Oh. Maybe not my cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, I would rather sell them. <laughs> yeah. I would personally rather sell the boars. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I never had anyone uh, uh, when I was that age that told me it was a dumb idea or no. And we've been very successful because of it. So uh, we'll see on that. Well, it sounds like the Berkshire program is great. And so, hey, maybe Berkshire boars are your hey, start. Uh, the Berkshire thing's great. And he's got some crosses and some Yorks and, uh, uh, you know, Abby has her input on things too, um, uh, so so we'll see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> if it was up to her, there'd be like spots and Durox and stuff out there too. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't get know. that we'll ring see. on the finger. You never know. <laughs> uh, we will we will we will see on that end. It, uh, but I can guarantee you, it will stay mainly crosses. That that will yeah. not change. That's kind of our bread and butter. So excellent, man. Now I have the last question. So. This will be an interesting perspective because we haven't asked a young breeder yet. Uh, what lessons has the show stock industry taught you? Yeah, uh, that that is kind of a tough one and a cool one at the same time. Um, as far as as far as the lesson thing go, I mean, God, you could expand this question kind of however you wanted. Um, I mean, for me, I think some of the coolest things, I'll just touch on several of them. Um, so first off, the lesson thing or, or just anybody in the show deal, uh, you can pretty much, I know this sounds very uh, cliche, you, you can realistically do whatever you want. Uh, you know, I, I I had a lot of people when we were younger never realize or never think you could sell show pigs in eastern Ohio because, uh, you know, you have to go west to find show pigs. Yeah. Right? I've been told that multiple times. Um, so yeah, and you know, set their mind to it and, and we've been able to build just such a cool following and it's been because it's, if you treat people right and take care of them and they see that you actually care as much as they do and you're there for them when things are tough or good, I mean, those, those people get so freaking loyal. It's, it's unreal. And I mean, we've kind of built our whole deal on that. We have a majority of our families are going to buy every single pig from us and that's it. That's all that's there awesome. is to it. They're not going to look anywhere else. And it's just because, I mean, and a lot of those people, um, Abby and I have talked about it, a lot of those people have almost became like family. I mm -hmm. mean, we'll all get wedding invites because I truthfully consider them part of our family. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, that part of it, uh, the, the hard work and dedication thing is, I, I think, you know, another one. I, I think the reason that, that we've been able to do what we do is because we bust our butts at it. And, and I think, you know, if we take it easy for a day or two, I think it shows, as silly as that sounds. Like, I think if we relax in the farrying house or nursery or, or the show barn for 24 or 48 hours, man, all of a sudden there's something hurt. You know, yeah. skin and hair is not right. The boar's not as full as he should be. There's diarrhea. And so I think it's just like attention to detail on that end. Uh, and the the lesson, too, I mean, I, don't be afraid to ask for help. I, I've never been told no or not given a truthful answer by anyone, whether it was uh, a friend of mine or guys our age or older guys or feed reps or other breeders, etc. I mean, uh, ask and they tell. 99% of them are open books and will tell you and give mm -hmm. you access to anything. And I, I think the coolest thing about it, and it kind of ties into that family thing, you know, since – we announced it like 
eight thirty this morning. We were gonna switch our live sale to to an online sale. I, I've had four different families text or call me and are like, "Hey, don't pay anyone to come help you guys. Let us know what days you need. We'll be there. Uh, we'll, we'll bring clothes. We'll put on boot covers. We'll help picture clean pens, etc. Let us know what you need. Blah That's blah blah awesome, blah too. blah. And just everyone cares. And there's a lot of examples of that. I mean, you uh, that the show hogs for hunger thing. Yep. Uh, you guys were a part of it. You saw what happened uh, with the Zundel family there in Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. and I mean, the amount of money that 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 the livestock industry raised for for not only her and it's been other situations. That's just a recent example. It's just yep. so freaking cool. And, and that doesn't happen everywhere. Uh, so just don't take that for granted. Yeah, uh, that's that's a true. It, it is truly when the tough gets going, uh, there's a lot of people who gather around. And and I love the the lessons part, too, because there's always somebody that's willing to, to answer your question. You just got to ask them. So that's a good one. That's a real good one. So yeah. to, to sum up this whole deal, uh, tell us about your sales coming up. How can people get a GNS pig in their barn? Yep. Uh, so, I mean, we've kind of touched on it. Uh, we've moved all those late December to late crosses or late January crosses. That's March 26th uh, online on Show Pig Pig Planet. Uh, the barn is open uh, essentially 24-7. I've shown pigs at 2 a.m. in the morning before. <laughs> I do not care. Just if you let me know, uh, we will be up. I will be. I'll stay up twenty four seven to show pigs. I really don't care. I like it. Uh, whenever you need to come, come, come look at them. Um, and then we've got oh, uh, I don't know. We're sitting on like a hundred early febs to mid marches. Uh, the majority of those febs and early marches. Our live sale is still planned for April eighteenth. As of now, um, we are not going to change that. Play it by ear and, and see how all that goes. Obviously, but the intention is to sell all of those on April eighteenth. Uh, if we get in a similar situation, we'll probably move it online as well. It'll be. Uh, probably either the 16th or the 20th if we need to but the plan for that one is to proceed on april 18th and we'll probably sell some other stuff out of the barn there and but uh that's kind of when we're selling them um i mean if anyone's interested or anything like that come to the farm we'd love to talk with you we'd love to help with you we love new families and, and working with them and uh i mean everything from the feeding to showmanship skin and hair etc we're we're open books and we we just truthfully enjoy what we do Awesome. Well, Garrett, thanks for uh, taking some time out. I'm anxious to run through the barn here after we get done. And um, make sure you guys seriously consider uh, GNS Swine for uh, your next projects, because not only uh, will they be good stock, they're good people that will help you out no matter what. And um, that's part of this whole deal. And Garrett will definitely get you on the right step. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And although it's not a live sale, folks, it's the same good quality stock that'll be online. So just ask for anything and they will do that. So Garrett, thanks again, man. It's always good to have you as a friend and I'm anxious to see what this place can do in the future. Nope. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Corey, his story always amazes me. I know we had a lot of different uh, conversation to be had, but his story of starting with a multi-crossed up, down-eared county fair pig to selling high-end boars across the country, buying high-end females across the country, and selling high-end projects to families. It's amazing, and uh, very proud to call him a friend, Um, and I'm very anxious to see what moves forward, and uh, I'm anxious to have all you guys in one room come wedding time. That's right. (laughs) Gonna be fun. Uh, Always good to talk to Garrett, and if you are not inspired by the young folks that are in this industry, um, 
I mean, we're, we're considered young folks in this industry and I'm inspired makes you just want to get after it and work that much harder uh, because the stories like Garrett's and uh, really cool been entertaining. Can't wait for more. Can't, uh-huh. You're going to hear a lot more from GNS swine. Yeah. Speaking, I really hope that sale goes well. Yeah. There's many sales that he's going to have uh, a couple coming up. Just uh, stay tuned. GNS swine. He does a great job on social media. That's where all of his information is. He updates his website. So, uh, speaking of website, if you guys still need merch, which we need to order more, I know that. But stocktalk-podcast.com is the place to go to find all of our information. Read our story, if you would like. And to sign up and try to get the Build Your Legacy Scholarship. That is a $1,000 scholarship, and you will also be a future guest on a Stock Talk episode. All you got to do is just fill out our online application at stocktalk-podcast.com. Send us a letter of why you think you need this scholarship. Send us a video and answer a couple questions that we have all online. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions at all, and you're ages 16 through 21, build your legacy scholarship on stocktalk-podcast.com. If you win that one, we're going to be friends for life. Friend of the show. Yep. Friend of the show. Um, also, uh, make sure you uh, give us a five star rating. That always helps if you're on iTunes. Share the good word. We uh, we love to hear from you. Keep sending your topics from a hat. We love those that we're getting. There's a bunch of them. Yep. And uh, also, Stock Talk will be expanding to helping some uh, some marketing efforts. If you want us to come to your sale, help promote your sale, just give us a call. We'll be happy to talk through some options with you. We know that these are trying times. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, just going to keep on moving. Absolutely. It's all we can do. Hashtag keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, thank you all for listening. We enjoy talking with each one of you at the shows and sales we've been at. And uh, we're just going to keep on pushing on. Yeah. It's all we can do, man. Since you're quarantined at home, uh, send us even more messages. Even if you uh, are listening and you send us a quick Snapchat, that's always fun or whatever. Just stay in touch with us, guys. We love each and every one of you. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. I got to go.